the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation. A sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Jacob is here in the studio with me. The Jacobster, would we call you the Jacobster? Uh, if you like. And the Soapster. We are here to uh, spend the next 90 minutes looking at this book, the Bible. Where's my sheet of questions, Jacob? What did I do with them? I right have... here. Thank you. They're being blocked by John. Okay, John is John is getting us set up here, getting the machine to work. Go ahead, John, if you'd like. You got it? No. Hey, Sophie. Well, he'll be back. Have you got a? Have you got? <laughs> John has just left in frustration. Sophie, can you hear me? I can hear you. Uh, mm-hmm. You're showing up on the uh, panel here too. Uh, so. Okay, because I got a lot of static in my eardrums. Yeah, me too. But uh, okay, I don't. Believe I just want to be sure going, if you got it, then it's okay. On the airwaves. Yeah. We are uh, going to take a look. One of the most fascinating individuals, I I believe, of the Bible, and of course that's a hard thing to say because the Bible is full of many fascinating people events and in a, a perspective of human history and of the life we live today that is just totally unique and, and extremely extremely interesting and uh i think it gives us a, a real handle on the reason we're here what's really going on on planet earth uh, even today in these difficult complex times but we're going to cover tonight the book of daniel chapters one through nine not the entire book but this uh, this individual, Daniel, has got to be one of the most fascinating individuals of 
the world has ever known, in, in my understanding, Jacob. Now, can, can you tell folks a little bit about about this guy named Daniel? By the way, if you'd like to give a call in any time in the next 90 minutes, Do you have a phone number? 340 9585. Wow. 210 340 9585. Daniel, Jacob, you have a handle on a lot of these his, his, these Our aspects of San history. What happened? How it happened? And uh, maybe you could give us, tell us the background of who Daniel was, what he did, uh, how he's viewed. Particularly, I'm interested from in the Jewish world. I assume he's held in high esteem. Oh yeah, high esteem, and, very high esteem. Yeah. In fact, they, they say if there's an esteem, he's high. <laughs> okay. Tell us about about uh, Daniel. All right. I'll let wow. you give that background. Well, we know that when, uh, of course, when uh, Nebuchadnezzar. When uh, Babylon conquered Judah, they took uh, Daniel as one of the princes of Judah. The, now, let me, I'll jump in from time to time. 603, 605, uh, uh, what is it? 607, 605, 603, and then 597 and 586. There were several. Oh, times. I thought you were playing bingo there for a minute. <laughs> no, there were several times that the armies of Nebuchadnezzar came and they took out people. They took out the ruling class, basically, uh, strong, healthy, intelligent uh, uh, young people from the culture, and they took them over into Babylon to serve in the administrative mm-hmm. roles uh, uh, in, in uh, mm-hmm. Babylon. And these gifted people, and we, we know about Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, these three friends of Daniel, and they were taken. So that all happened in that the 586 era, before, the, before Jerusalem was actually destroyed. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all true. And they took the princes of Judah. Daniel was a prince of Judah. And uh, if you and did, what did they do with them when they first got them there? Did you know? I believe they uh, what we call fixed them, right? Is that you know? I guess you know, they talk about fixing people, or you know, they, they have a. Um, Visectomy or uh, no? They, of, they castrated. I, I know. I just <laughs> was trying to be sensitive there, um, but yeah, they were. Their ability to have children was uh, was in taken away. Put it that way. Yeah. Anyway, they were castrated, and uh, what's interesting is it's it's okay, John. Can you hear me, Shelby? I can hear you. Okay, good. It's all right, John. It's okay. Um, any rate, um, so they they were put in the charge of the the chief eunuch, uh-huh. and of course they were very intelligent young men, and so they wanted them to be, uh, they wanted them castrated so they could not have children, and and if a guy wanted to, and I've heard it offered in Christian circles that it was an idea of, uh, from a Christian thought that uh, it was an idea of uh, making sure the Messiah could never come because he has to come through one of the princes of Judah. He has to come through the line of Judah. So that's exactly right. I, I've, I've, I've we see constantly throughout throughout the Tanakh, the Hebrew Scriptures, that it seems like there's a continual effort to cut off the the line. Oh, you had me the worried Messiah, there for a minute. Cut off the people to destroy the people yeah. of God and so on. Yeah, so. You had me worried for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, anyway, um, so but so they were castrated and taken. They were obviously intelligent, and one of the reasons they were taken is because, as it says, they were wise and knowledgeable. Uh, they could read and write. 
And so they could be taught the language of the Babylonians, and they became the teachers. And so the Babylonians actually stopped, and actually took place the Romans later. Uh, they taught the slaves to be the doctors and the technicians and the skilled tradesmen, and the conquerors became lethargic. They forgot how to do anything except just carry a sword. They became ignorant. And the Babylonians actually became... And so the captive cultures, the captive races of people that that the Greeks, Alexander or others conquered, they would always, this was a common practice then, to take the gifted, the intelligent, the trained, and right. put them to work, and so that it's as a slave. Uh, they just brought in a slave population in a way, right? Sure, sure. And they trained them to be the doctors, even the lawyers, even everything. So they turned everything over to them. And in fact, in chapter 1, verse 17, it uh-huh. says, God granted the four use, because there are four, intelligence and proficiency. In writings and wisdom, Daniel possessed understanding in all kinds of visions and dreams. Fascinating individual, yeah. So Daniel actually learns. So we got this system going on that Daniel learns stuff about uh, his through his visions, God giving him interpretations of dreams, that kind of stuff. But there's also some, another lesson here. Uh, there's a lesson about um, Daniel also got his information from the Bible, the Torah. Mm-hmm. And he had to read it because we'll see later in chapter nine he is reading something in the Tanakh from Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Je- uh, that didn't mean Jeremiah. That's the lady who makes pancakes. Um, <laughs> but, Jemima. Jemima. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, but what's also fascinating is uh, when he predicts. The question is in in the Caledonian language, in the Babylonian language, he became. And the the member of the wise men, but he came to be the chief of the wise men. And their language is called Ragmab. Uh huh. And that meant chief of the wise men. So Magi. That we we have that word in the U in the New Testament. They talk about these Magi, Magi, Uh that came to Jerusalem when they saw the star. But how how in the world in the New Testament does do they know? To go looking for a star. If you and I looked out the window here and saw a big star, would we know have an idea where well, we ought to just get on our camel and head over there? Well, in the book of Numbers, when uh, we see this this sorcerer from Babylon named uh, Balaam, he's hired to say something bad about Israel and so on, but he can't do it. The one where the donkey talks and so on. In that passage, I know it references a star of uh, Jacob, uh, a sign that will come. And then, of course, I think Daniel speaks of a star as well. It, Actually, is Dan- it the same? Daniel, yes. Is he referring because to the same the, star? How, but who would tell these Babylonians that we're going to use the English term, the Magi? Uh-huh. Who would tell the Magi what to expect? They're, they're not Jews. They're Babylonians. Uh-huh. But Daniel works his way up to the top of the heap. He becomes the Rag Mag, or the chief of the Magi, if mm-hmm. you like. So he taught them 
what if you see a star, what it means. Now, how would Daniel have known? Because there's nothing in here that says, uh, when you see a star, Daniel, this is what it's all about. So where's Daniel getting this information? I just referenced the book of Numbers. Would well, book of Numbers, a is, possibility? It, it is, it's a definite possibility. Is there any place else, perhaps? Anybody else born under the same star? Abraham? Moses? Oh, well, Moses. Now, if for anybody that has the old Charlton Heston movie, The Ten Commandments, which is the best one of all the versions, uh-huh. if you watch the first five minutes, the first five minutes, you know, Pharaoh's sitting on his throne, right, uh-huh. and, uh, and he's got his soldiers on one side, generals, and these so-called wise men on the other side. And uh, and they're talking about the Jews. And they're talking. Now, this is back in Moses' time. Uh-huh. And it's actually right there in the beginning of the movie, but nobody catches it. So on the Christmas card, you see the star in Jerusalem and all that stuff. Well, somebody had to know what that sign meant. Well, it's in the book of Exodus. So in the beginning of the movie, The Ten Commandments, what's happening is one of the wise men of the Egyptians says to Pharaoh, um, well... There's a, the Jews are expecting, they call him a deliverer, mm-hmm. they're expecting a deliverer. And uh, the Pharaoh says, well, I don't believe all that, you know, it's just Jewish myth. And they say, no, but the difference is they believe it. And right then, in the first five minutes while he's sitting on the throne, one of those guys speaks up and says, there's a star in the sky that predicts his birth. So they had the star. So... Knowing the book of Exodus, the Torah, then you would be able to teach the Magi. Mm-hmm. The next time you see a star, there's a deliverer, if you will, a Messiah. So that's what's taking place here. So, so Daniel later, is a, in the first place. He, we know he's an extraordinary individual He, in several ways. One, he's one of the very few in scriptures to whom no sin is ever ascribed and i guess in our understanding that he was a sinner like others and and he even confessed and acknowledged sin of his people and so on so it's not an idea that we think he was sinless and perfect but there is no sin ascribed to him uh, which is quite unique in the scriptures that it never hides the warts and the frailties and the weaknesses of of its uh, heroes mm-hmm. but here's a man that's one of the unique things secondly is his unique history he's of the lineage uh, the royal lineage ah he he goes he's he's made childless but he serves for 70 years i think under five major emperors he serves through those years he rises as you say to the top of the heap he becomes a trusted counselor to, and we're talking about pagan emperors, uh, non-believing emperors. But obviously there was a great respect for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel, and particularly for Daniel. He, he was greatly and highly revered and respected even among his captors. Um, you know, we've shown to the lion's den in one of the other incidents. He interprets the finger writing on the wall. Uh, 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 you've been weighed in the, in the measure, and you've been found wanting. He pronounces judgment on, on some of these emperors that he's serving. 
Um, so can, Daniel, can and, I ask you a question about and, your Bible? And, and he sees yeah. what he sees, the history that he sees yeah. of, of the coming dynasties, the coming emperors and empires are going to rise and fall. That is nothing short of, of, of astounding. You were going to ask me a question yeah, about... Yeah, in, in, uh, in the English version of the Bible you're using, um, does it have... What is the book that precedes the book of Daniel? Ezekiel. We just finished reading it, right? So it, it's Ezekiel that uh-huh. precedes? Uh-huh. Ah, interesting. <laughs> Ezekiel and then Daniel. Okay. All right. That's good to know. I, I wondered about they that. They were contemporaries, right? Uh, they would have been existing for a period of time at the same time, yes, as well as Esther. Yeah, as as Daniel was, whatever he was doing at his level of involvement, and the, the, the three men, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they also served as administrators for the uh, several of the different regions of the, of the uh, Babylonian Empire. Um uh, as you said, uh, Esther as well rises and rises to prominence and, and leaves the scene during all of this. During the time of Daniel, he evidently exerted a, a powerful influence over these empires, over these rulers. He, I, I, it's hard to kind of minimize the influence he had because actually, wasn't it? Was it Daniel that? Rem- was he the one who predicted Cyrus, or is he one the one that brought it to the uh, emperor's attention that this man Cyrus had been? He brought it to the emperor's attention that yeah. that you had been predicted. Yeah. It was said that you. Yeah, were, and it actually uses his name, yeah. and that's one of the reasons he convinces the conqueror of Babylon that this was told by our God long before. And here's your name. Actually, says Cyrus. The Cyrus, and that you are going to release people to go yeah. back to in the fact, Israel. In fact, one and he of does the, it. <laughs> one of the hard things is that Cyrus is actually used, and uh, sometimes it's in the English translation. Translation, sometimes not. Mm-hmm. But he's actually called a Messiah. A Messiah, a yeah. deliverer, no, no doubt about it, yes. So that's fascinating stuff. So you've got this guy, and he comes along, and he, and he, and all the boys are taken. By the way, do you know the their Jewish names? I do. And I keep on and I keep on using the wrong. That's name. what no no the, the, that's what everybody knows. I, they know them by Shadrach, other, Meshach. That's how I learned them, and it's no easier. no no. That's fine. Yeah, tell me the names though, because sure, I'm, it's uh, Daniel, Daniel, yes, Hananiah, Hananiah, Mishael, Mishael, and Azariah, and Azariah, Azariah. Now, yeah. Those are their Hebrew names. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you conquered people, one of the most devastating things you can do to exercise control over them is the change their names or to tattoo them with a number and they pretty much named them after their 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 pagan gods right now daniel's name was belshazzar i believe that's correct belteshazzar huh okay Anyway, they have their, their uh, Babylonian names. And you were giving us the background on, on Daniel, on these three young men. They were taken exile into exile back into Babylon. And these four in particular, along with Esther and, and you know, others, Mordecai and so on, they, they had a history. They, had, they lived out their lives there. And these four in particular exerted a powerful religious and cultural influence in Babylon. They mm-hmm. they influenced these, these five emperors. They helped shape the history of those nations, of the world, through their influence there in Babylon. Uh, 
and and then of course the pass from the scene. I believe Daniel's tomb is found somewhere in Iraq today, right? I believe that's correct. Uh, yeah. If I remember correctly, he is revered there in in, in, that, part, in that part of the world as well. Um, of course, they they say that he. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jesus were all Muslim, of course. Uh, of course, yeah, that's that's the uh, their understanding of of the whole tale. But uh, so we we have these these guys, uh, Daniel and them. Some of the uniqueness their their story is told in the early chapters of the book, chapters one through what is where it focuses. On Daniel's story, how he came to prominence, he came to prominence by uh, by interpreting dreams of the emperor. And you look uh, in chapter two, the emperor had a dream, and he Nebuchadnezzar tries to get all of his sages, all of his wise men, and so on, the astrologers, and so on. Uh, he tries to get them to interpret this dream that he has, and they can't do it. And the because I, I don't know, it's kind of a tricky thing here in chapter two. The king, the emperor, tells them, "I want you to interpret my dream, but I'm not going to tell you what the dream is." Right. And and that really throws them for a loop. They get upset. Well, who could be expected? We can't tell you the interpretation of the dream if you don't tell us the dream. And and uh, I, it sound it sounds a little bit like the emperor, the king is. Mm-hmm. He's playing a little game. He's trying to figure out if this is real. If these people are able actually right. in touch sure. with God, right. they should be able to not only just tell me inter- – anybody can make up an interpretation. Well, don't leave me hanging. Did, yeah. Was Daniel able to tell him what the dream was? The same thing. Daniel then oh. comes along, and he actually tells him what the dream was and oh. then gives him the interpretation, which is – Well, weren't those guys going to threaten to be killed if they couldn't tell the king what the dream was? Yes, they were. And so – so they were going to get killed. Then Daniel stood up, and Daniel, this gives us a little insight, uh-huh. he saved their lives. He does. Yeah. So, as a matter of fact, in chapter 2 of, yep. of uh, Daniel, verse uh, 20, Daniel spoke of him and said, Let the name of God be blessed throughout the worlds, for the wisdom and power are his. He changes seasons and times, deposes mm-hmm. kings, establishes kings. Gives wisdom to the wise, knowledge to those who possess understanding. Look at that order. Mm-hmm. So it's wisdom, understanding. Uh, <laughs> that's one of your favorite themes. Isn't well, it? it's because in the Bible it's always that It's way. always listed in that order. That's true. So what we got here is that uh, he actually, he tells, as you say, but he saves these other guys' lives. Mm-hmm. Do you think that makes him in any way indebted to him? Ah, maybe that's a little bit of the ah. part of the reason why he exerted such a great influence. He's, ah, yeah, he. Good, good. That's excellent. The chapter two there. Uh, I will tell you your dream and the visions you saw as you lay on your bed. He tells him the dream he had, and then he gives the interpretation. Of course, if you see this, if you see that dream. Uh, he he kind of predicts the next three or four major empires that are going to come about in world history mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and even the coming of Messiah, this rock that comes out of the mountain, though not by human hands, that crushes to pieces the statue of iron, bronze, clay, silver, and gold. Um, all of those great empires are destroyed, and they are super uh, – 
mm, they're overwhelmed and overcome by this rock, this great rock that comes in. We, we know and believe to be the, the coming of Messiah, the the, the uh, Redeemer of God. So mankind. if a guy was able to tell you your dream, mm-hmm. you'd tend to listen to him when he said, now this is the meaning of the dream, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. So, uh, and by the way, Daniel is using the name of his God, not their God. Uh, and it's interesting in the book of Daniel, we know his name has been changed, but throughout the book of Daniel, he's constantly referred to as Daniel. Uh, isn't that fascinating? It is. Yeah. And and he, as a result of this, he's rewarded by Nebuchadnezzar. Uh-huh. And th- then these, uh, evidentially, the Magi, these other... We, 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 can, of, we can just do English, Magi. The Magi. Yeah. It, ev- evidently, they are, there's a, a jealousy among the ranks of them. Sure. And they then try to set him up for failure. Uh, because they, he will not bow before Do you know this. why they were not able to get him? I can tell you, because they couldn't find a girl that said when she was 15, Daniel tried to... <laughs> <laughs> Tore her swimming suit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, I bet they tried. I am pretty, uh, I'm pretty sure that's not the, this is not the first time we've seen that trick tried. But uh, they do, uh, uh, at least some representative of the uh, Magi, they try to entrap him uh, because he won't bow down to that idol that they set up for now. Nebuchadnezzar, appealing to his pride, his arrogance. And so he is uh, thrown into the blazing furnace. And uh, the furnace is of that era. Oh, no, not the blazing furnace. Oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about these three men now. That's not a problem. Chapter three. You're you're among friends, so. Okay, okay. I got my people here. I'm kind of walking through the book. We see these three guys thrown into this this furnace. And we have to realize that uh, Babylon was a uh, great nation of building. They yes, had historically it was. been a oh, nation of. Is there any story that jars in your mind of anybody else that was ever thrown in a furnace before this? Hmm. Uh, let me give you a little background music. Okay. Dun, 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 oh, dun, okay. Ding. Uh, okay. Uh, Thrown into a furnace. Yeah. Is there now in uh, Iraq right now? Uh-huh. Uh, there's a city called U R Ur. Ah, Ur the Chaldeans. Yeah, but I don't know anybody else that was thrown into the ah, furnace. Ah, well, Do I? yeah, yeah. Well. Okay, well, let's leave it out there. There's our music. Our first segment is out. And behind us now, uh, there's music. <laughs> then there we'll was come back music. In just a bit. Don't you go away, folks. This is the Bible Live here on AM six thirty, and we'd love to have you call us three four zero ninety five eighty five three four zero nine five eighty five. We're looking at the great book, the great prophet uh-huh. Daniel tonight, right. and uh, hopefully you'll give us a call and uh, join us when we come back right after these brief messages. Uh-huh. For it reaches to the highest mountain. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. 
and I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. God patiently directs us as we trust him and listen for his voice. Our Daily Bread. Welcome to today's encouragement from Our Daily Bread. Walking God's Way is the title of today's reading, and it was written by Adam Holes. We're going this way, I said as I touched my son's shoulder and redirected him through the crowd to follow his mom and sisters in front of us. I'd done this more often as the day wore on at the amusement park our family was visiting. He was getting tired and more easily distracted. Why can't he just follow them, I wondered. Then it hit me. How often do I do exactly the same thing? How often do I veer from obediently walking with God, enchanted by the temptations to pursue what I want instead of seeking His ways? Think of Isaiah's words from God for Israel in Isaiah 30. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Earlier in that chapter, God had rebuked His people for their rebelliousness. But if they would trust His strength instead of their own ways, He promised to show His graciousness and compassion. One expression of God's graciousness is His promise to guide us by His Spirit. That happens as we talk to Him about our desires and ask in prayer what He has for us. I'm thankful God patiently directs us, day by day, step by step, as we trust Him and listen for His voice. We hope these daily programs inspire you to go deeper in studying the Bible. For additional resources and encouragement, download the Our Daily Bread ebook and mobile app. Visit getodbtoday.org. Today's encouragement was provided by Our Daily Bread Ministries. Daily devotionals, community events, audio from your favorite ministries, and timely articles for the Christian family. All in one place. AM630theword.com. That's AM630theword.com. Hey, this is Bob Olszewski. Thanks for listening to Plugged In. Singer Carrie Underwood's latest single, Love Wins, encourages listeners to shift their attention away from all the bad news about our culture's conflicts, violence, and vitriol. It suggests that we should instead focus on the only thing that matters in the end, love. The singer's impulse to unite people in our fractured and divided time is an admirable one. That said, genuine Christian love is something much deeper than a strong feeling. Only in Jesus do we find genuine hope. And Underwood falls shy of declaring that ultimate truth. Still, I'll give the tune Love Wins a four and a half out of five for family friendliness. For more, visit PluggedIn.com slash radio. I'm Bob Olszewski for Focus on the Family, Plugged In. Find out more about your favorite programs and the ministries on AM630 The Word by going to the program guide at am630theword.com. There, you'll get connected to the ministry website, email, and phone number. Plus, find out when your favorite show airs on the program guide at am630theword.com. I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my peace. My hand 
To the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. And we are back. You're listening to the Bible live. And here I am, Lord, making myself available to you. And we're talking about one of the great, great prophets, one of the great men of God of the scriptures we see is this man named Daniel, who made himself entirely, totally available to be used of God. And he paid a price for it. I mean, there could be no doubt that uh, in some ways, Jacob, but we'd look at this young man, Daniel, we think, oh, we feel sorry for him because he taken out of his culture, out away from his family. Uh, he was uh, fixed so that he could not have children himself uh, and so on and so on. And yet somehow he found it within himself and these uh, other three young men Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego even in the time of difficulty they were prisoners they were taken into exile put to work for their conquering uh, the the empire the, the emperor that had conquered them and yet they served him loyally, they served him well I guess the the understanding they although they served their their emperor, they served the, the kings loyally. Their ultimate service, without ever losing the fact that their ultimate service was to God himself, they never lost sight of the fact that they were the God that they were serving and, and his purposes and his plan. And so they, uh, Daniel uh, has this incredible influence uh, for God and for the kingdom of God, uh, in the plan, the redemptive plan of God, even as a slave in the uh, Babylonian um, hierarchy, in the B- Babylonian nation. Uh, remarkable. He served as a uh, leader, a spiritual leader, to five empires, the Babylonian Empire, the Medo-Persian Empire, Greece after them, and Rome. Uh, oh, no, those are the five empires that the, the rock this vision represented. I'm sorry. Uh, remember, they, they built this uh, this very tall I- uh, image, and they told them to bow down and worship it, and, and uh, of course they would not. But it represented these empires that, Bab- that da- Daniel prophesies and predicts these five great empires that would rise and fall, and they would be destroyed by a boulder, a huge rock that represents God's kingdom. And um, so he tells them his dream and interprets the dream for them, and that's he becomes a, uh, a great hero to uh, of God to in, in that a great influence in those empires, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego had the same thing. They refused to bow down and worship the idol, and they were thrown into one of those great furnaces 
in the land of Babylon. It was this culture was a building culture. Remember, they uh, had the great the city of Babylon. One of the what was it called? The ancient. Uh, one of the great seven wonders of the world. wonders of the world was the, the hanging, city of, gardens, the hanging of gardens of Babylon. Yeah. Also, the Tower of Babel uh, was. Why, why would they hang their gardens? Why would they hang the gardens? Yes, hanging is too good for them. But why would they hang them? Well, I don't know. Well, if they ever got under attack, they couldn't. They didn't have to worry about food. Their, their food and everything—they're growing up high. I see. All right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, this. Yeah. We we know stories. We know something about the city of Babylon. It sure. was destroyed and never built. Never rebuilt. Interestingly enough, and uh, of course, in, uh, aligning with prophecies that it would never be rebuilt again, and, and it hasn't been. There was a rumor at one time that I believe it was. Um, yes. What's his name? Uh, head of Iraq, Saddam, Saddam Hussein, uh-huh. was gathering materials and so on to try to rebuild. Well, first they the city got of uh, Babylon. Yes, because they caught him in Baghdad, and there were T-shirts when they got him that said, "We bagged Dad, now let's bag the sons." <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I can understand it. But he was trying to rebuild the city of Babylon, and then, of course, it's been predicted that it would not. Well, he be thought he was the reincarnation of Nebuchadnezzar. And he was going to reestablish Babylon. That, that power, In the Bible, yeah. what does Babylon mean? It comes from Babel. Um, yeah, it comes from the uh, Tower of Babel. Uh, something about Bel, I imagine, uh, well, the God. And, and uh, in the Bible, it gives the definition of like confusion, mm-hmm. like a little bird that's hopping around, biting here and biting there. I wonder it's if that's where we get the word Babel. Babel? I think babbling. it is. And mm-hmm. if it isn't, we'll say it is because okay. it fits well. Yeah. Okay, and so that's where you get the word about. That's that's your answer to that no, great I'm question. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, we've we've established the background, who he is, what he did, what they accomplished, now you've the got era a, in which you they lived. A question about uh, somebody that uh, forgot. Uh, they had forgot about Daniel. We were going to answer a question before we went in the break. Yeah, what about, was it? Uh, Ur of is Chaldeus. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Ur is a word uh-huh. that means the boiling cauldron or furnace. And where did a- Abraham come from? Ur of the Chaldeans. Ur. Uh-huh. Ur. And Ur is the word. In fact, even today in Iraq, there is a city called Ur. And that really means boiling pot or uh, like a f- hot furnace, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So so Abraham came out of that himself. Mm-hmm. And there's some great uh, Jewish folklore and stuff that comes out of that idea. So you've got the same thing that these boys are going back, um, the three other... Uh, uh, in Meshach, some way, back to the roots at some level? Well, they're, okay. taken, they're taken back. It's always a story of... Uh, prog- progression and retraction. Mm-hmm. Progression and retraction. There's always evil. You know, this uh, guy, uh, the Senator Lindsey Graham, I guess uh-huh, his name? Uh-huh. he said the most interesting thing. Uh, I heard him say, uh, supposedly Trump asked him, well, when is this thing going to come to an end? Talking about Iraq and Iran, that kind of business. And Graham said, never. The history of the world is always evil fights good. 
evil will never be defeated. We just have to accept that it is evil, and, and we, we will be fighting battle evil. evil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, that's from that book, Fear by Woodward. That it is. Come yes, out. I just finished the book. Some yes. of those and, the dialogue, but, the conversations. It's fascinating that Lindsey Graham would say that, that, well, it's never going to end because evil always fights good. And so I thought that was an interesting way of approaching because if you accept that idea, then you can kind of live with the idea that we're not going to achieve a certain plateau or peace, whatever. But, you know, this interesting thing in this is that there's a writing that appears on a wall in the book of Daniel. Uh And they can't find anybody that can interpret it. So somebody in your questions, uh, a woman says, hey. I know a guy that got locked up that's used to been able really good for a long time that could interpret things. So that was it? the Queen Mother. Ah, there you go. See, I knew you had it written down from the past. Yeah, the uh, this is later on uh, when he is elderly now, probably into his eighties. Yes, by this time. And, and what is the what is seems to be the uh, predecessor sin, if you will? That's causing this finger to appear and write on the wall. Hmm. hmm. There's something this is that takes chapter, place. Uh, this is chapter five, right? You are in chapter five. Belshazzar's yes, feast. Uh, Belshazzar, uh, Daniel's name was Belteshazzar. Okay. Belteshazzar. But, uh, so at this feast, his hand appears, and it writes a message on the wall. Many, many tekelupharsin, and it means uh, you've been found, uh, you weighed in the balance and found wanting, right, or something like that. And the queen mother is the one that remembers Daniel, and uh, Belshazzar sends for him. You're saying what is the sin that Belshazzar? What was like the 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 predecessor, preceding? Wrong that took place that kind of caused this finger to appear out of nowhere. Now, if you picture this, if we were sitting around and a finger just appeared out of nowhere and wrote on a wall, that would be pretty impressive to me. Mm-hmm. And so, what were they doing that seemed to make this finger want to write something on the wall? Were they? I, I'm trying to. I'm working from memory now. Were they? Celebrating or having this party with the utensils from the from the temple. That's chapter five, verse three. Do you have a Bible? I do. I'm, I'm sitting here right with it. I, I was just reviewing chapters one through four. Let's oh well, let me just move you right on right to chapter, chapter five. five. Yeah. So the verse writing three. on the wall. Yeah. Uh, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver cups that his predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. Oh, I guessed right. So he wanted to drink from them with his nobles and wives and his concubines. And they brought all of the utensils from the temple in Jerusalem, the house of God, and they uh, they began to have this this uh, kind of a drunken party. Mm-hmm. And look at, look at utensils. verse 4. Uh-huh. What's verse 4 read at? Let me get back. I turned the page oh, too quickly. Oh, you turned the page. Okay, it says, verse 4, uh, So they brought the gold cups taken from the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines drank from them. And while they drank from them, they praised their idols made of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. That's verse 4? Uh-huh. I'm, that's wow. verse 4. Well, then mine's number different. But look at the, how does number 5 begin? 
Suddenly they saw the fingers there of a go. human hand. So there, it's them using the holy vessels as party gifts mm-hmm. and drinking out of them. So right then, something is getting written on the wall. At that very moment, the fingers of a hand appears and wrote on the wall. Now that would be pretty impressive. Yeah, oh, no doubt. The king himself saw the hand as it wrote, and his face turned pale with fright. His knees knocked together in fear. His legs gave way beneath him, and he called on his uh, enchanters, astrologers, fortune tellers to be brought before him. And he said to these wise men of Babylon, whoever can read this writing and tell me what it means will be dressed in purple robes of royal honor and will have a gold chain placed around his neck. He will become the third highest ruler in the kingdom. But all the wise men came, kind of came in. They could, none of them could read the writing or tell him what it meant. And then the queen mother remembered. She hurried to the banquet hall, and she said, Long live the king. Don't be so pale and frightened. There is a man in your kingdom who has within him the spirit of the gods. During Nebuchadnezzar's reign, this man was found to have insight, understanding, and wisdom like that of uh, like that of the gods. Your predecessor, the king. In other words, she told him about D- uh, right. Daniel. Sure, sure. And they sent for Daniel, and, uh, and he came. did explain the writings uh, on the wall. To uh, actually, it wasn't good news. Uh, uh, you've been found. You will this very night. He says, you will be overcome. And interestingly enough, that very night, the uh, Darius the Mede, they entered through the, if I remember correctly, they entered through the water system. They did. Through the aqueduct. And, uh, and what does this mean? Mina Tinkel Ufarsin mean? Ufarsin, it means, Mini uh, means numbered. God has numbered the days of your reign, has brought you, them to an end. Tekel means you have been weighed in the balances and have not measured up. Farsin means your kingdom will be divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Mm-hmm. So there it was. He told him, and that very night, uh, the the Babylonian king was killed. Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of sixty-two. Now, how would that writing and that message, uh, just off the top of our heads, how does that relate to them drinking out of the holy vessels from the temple? Never thought about it. Um, I don't know. No, I don't know. Well, isn't it fascinating that they're using these holy vessels. Immediately this finger appears and writes something. And when it's interpreted, it's, uh, and it, it says right there in verse 5, it says, at that very moment. So that it was very offensive to God. Mm-hmm. And then he says, now you've been weighed. And now you divided. You've used my holy stuff. Well, your kingdom, which is holy to you, now that's divided. Like you divided my stuff for your personal use, I'm dividing your kingdom. Mm, Okay. Isn't that fascinating? Well, it is. It's a, a way to see it and understand it. But what's fascinating to me is that Daniel was at home enjoying his feet up on the, you know, he had his feet up watching the late night show or whatever he was doing and and out of the blue they come and knock on the door and say came hey, your services are needed the the queen mother is cited and he goes and it, it's really it's just so amazing as many of the stories of the bible are that's so fascinating and he comes and uh, then he begins to serve under the medo persians did uh, daniel accept the gifts uh, i can't remember i believe not 
in verse 17 of 5. Mm-hmm. And on the ba- what basis did he reject the gifts? Well, it says, uh, you they did put a robe of purple on him. They tried to give uh, him the uh, the gold that right. was mentioned. Right. Um, let me see. I don't see where it is that he rejected the well, gifts. Well, it says, uh, you may keep your gifts. Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay. Yeah. So what happened is then he talks about why Nebuchadnezzar was kind of rewarded by God because he respected the God of the Bible. And he says, you're, you're, you you got kingship, grandeur, glory. He has all these nations. He did really well. Uh, but you've done exactly the opposite. And since you did opposite, your kingdom is divided. Yeah, that must uh, – doesn't that take – a certain amount of courage and bravery to to point at the king, the, the the emperor, and say, "You're toast, buddy. It's over. God's going to judge you you're, this very night." You're, isn't there any sense that the emperor is going to get mad and say, "Well, I'll show you who's going to kill and kill this guy"? You know, I, I'm just always amazed at the courage of these prophets to really confront the king, the emperor, these powerful people. And, and condemn them for their sin and point it out to them and 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 tell them very clearly that God is going to judge you. Uh, they, I guess that's the whole idea of these false prophets like Balaam yeah, that I mentioned they are, before. The false prophets have to come first. They have to fail. I always wondered myself, why didn't the false prophets get together and say, look, he doesn't know. Let's make up something. Well, just tell him it means, because he doesn't know. And I was wondering, why didn't these guys just make up an answer? Yeah, what it means is, you know, that uh, you will have anchovies on your pizza. Yeah. No, but remember, he didn't say, just give me the interpretation. Yeah. Uh, the, the earlier experience, uh, he, they, he made them tell them the actual dream. Yeah, I'm talking about when the writing's on the yeah, wall. Yeah, the writing on the wall. They could have said almost anything, I guess. But, yeah, because uh, I was wondering, how come these guys didn't get to say, hey, you know, maybe we could just make up something? Because he doesn't know. We could tell him anything. We could tell him spaceships are in the backyard playing their radios too loud. He doesn't know. Yeah. Maybe they I always just, wonder why they didn't. Yeah. I don't know. And you don't know. No, I don't. So it must not be possible to know. If you and I don't know, yeah. it must be impossible. Well, I don't know. We, we haven't checked with John. <laughs> John probably knows. Oh. All kinds of trivia. John's <laughs> unraveling paper clips up there. All right. Well, then we go on from there. Isn't it interesting that even after that great act and so on and his great service, Daniel, uh, Darius, now the Mede, divides the kingdom into 120 provinces. And Darius, now the Mede, Divides the kingdom into 120 provinces, and he appoints a high office, a high officer to rule over them. And Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, all of them were used in that. Um, but what's interesting then is he has this thing where he uh, he, he calls wants them to to pray and worship only him, and Daniel gets in trouble for being a man of prayer. Ah. What chapter and verse are you Chapter at? 6 now. We're moving on now into yes. the reign of Darius, the Medo-Persian and, and where king. where does he get in trouble? What verse? Um, ch- verse 10. Daniel ah. learned that the law had been signed, that no one could worship ah. or pray to any god except to the god of, uh, of the Medo-Persians. 
When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down in his usual place in the upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. And he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his How God. How does it? Why did he pray three times a day? Well, ding, 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 he was eating ding. meals. Huh? He prayed over his meals. Ah, uh, he was eating three Breakfast, meals. Breakfast, lunch, and supper, right? Uh, well, the, why not? Why not? <laughs> May I offer another thought? You said, why didn't they just make up an answer? That's what That's I just it. did. Well, uh-huh. well uh, and that could be the answer. Of course, it's facing Jerusalem, uh-huh. uh, which is facing the temple. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Well, and who had prayed at the temple location before there was a temple? Yes, you're right. Uh, Abraham prayed in the morning. Isaac prayed at lunchtime. Jacob prayed at night, and David prayed at midnight. Oh, okay. How about you? You made up something better than what I made up. Well, actually, I'd like to take credit for that, but I always feel bad. I feel like I'm stealing if I take credit for something that somebody else is. Okay. Somebody else uh, made Somebody that answer else up. Pointed it out, yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. So then uh, he prays these three times, and they seem uh, they turn him into the king, and the king is forced then to put him into a lion's den. And you have the famous story here. Now we have to remember David. Is, uh, I'm sorry, not David. Daniel. Daniel is in his 80s. Oh yes. When he's thrown down into the lion's pen. Yeah. Sometimes we don't think of him being an old man, but he is. Yeah, he's very elderly at this. Maybe that's why they didn't eat him. <laughs> Too old. Yeah. Got something fresher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, the lightning is going to strike any moment now. And so uh, the king got up early in the morning. He said, Daniel, was your God whom you serve so faithfully? Was he able to rescue you? Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouths so that they would not hurt me. Uh, and, uh, wow, that's, that's a, I mean, that's that famous story we hear about. Uh, Daniel being faithful to pray, faithful to his God. Uh and he had his he's had these other they arrested the men who had maliciously accused Daniel and they threw them into the lions den and the lions didn't keep their mouths shut did they no the lions oh, said man lions. we asked for something fresher our prayer was answered well <laughs> that's funny their prayer was answered yeah. well there you go. i decree to everyone throughout my kingdom and, fact, and then fact, he says, I, I do want to tell you, not to segue, don't lose your thought, uh-huh, well, that I have this vision. When they threw those guys down there who were younger and fresher, shall we say, the lions probably put their paws together and says, thank you, Lord, for this meal which we're about to receive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Then uh, the king declares, he says, I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with the fear before the God of Daniel. Ah. Uh-huh. For he is the living God. He will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. His rule will never end. What what an amazing influence. Honestly, these guys exerted. There's something there. There was a deep respect, a reverence. At some level, as you and I were talking tonight before the program, that we we so tend to see human beings... In, in our bubbles, in our cultural bubble, our linguistic bubble, our religious bubble, and yet at some level, God breaks through to people, and ultimately they respond to him, to the creator, uh, to you know the true and living God. And uh, isn't that interesting? Here we see this emperor with this proclamation. 
And he causes all the people to bow down to worship and respect the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, So very, very interesting. And Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and later on the reign of Cyrus the Persian. And, of course, that brings us to Cyrus, who is the emperor that allowed the people of Israel to go back to after the 70 years of exile. Cyrus is the one. Uh, and he had been predicted by Jeremiah, I believe, by name, or was it Isaiah? I forget which one. Forgotten which one that named him. Jeremiah by name. Yeah. Cyrus uh, would be uh, an emperor would rise. And just the Bible is so astounding. Not only is he historically accurate, accurate and reliable, but we can see that the uh, divine or supernatural sourcing of the Bible and and so many of these prophecies that that came. They came well, true, and something predictions else of the happens move, uh, move, uh, with that. Also, what happens is, of course, after he gets out of there, he has, Daniel has this vision. Yeah. And chapter 7. Chapter 7, then, we come to. And, uh, and so he, in verse 9, he says something very interesting. I watched as the thrones were set in place. And the Ancient of Days. Isn't that interesting how mm-hmm. Daniel refers to God, the Ancient of Days? What does mm-hmm. that mean to you? Hmm. The Ancient of Days, uh, I just think, means the eternal God. Does it mean as many days that he's been God, or does it mean that he's preceded days? We'll answer the question when we come back. We will? Okay, I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) Another segment has flown by. We're waiting for your phone calls, too, if you'd like to join in. Anything you'd like to talk about or question you'd like to ask about this great man, Daniel. We'll come back after this brief break. Our phone number is 340-9585. Don't go away. Listening to the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. We are back. Thank you, folks, for joining us. This is the Bible Live, and we're here for our last segment. We're looking at the great prophet Daniel. Uh, the book of Daniel in the Bible, he's one of the few men of the scriptures to whom sin is never ascribed. Um, it doesn't mean they were sinless. You want to hear necessarily. A, you want to hear a. Well, I'm not sure if I want to hear it. Well, their sin was forgiven. That's the idea, you see. Yes, I, I, I get it. Okay, yes. Oh, well, I, I know that, but actually, the other people in the Bible, you now you differ with us on this. You say. You say that no, sin is not ascribed, no, no. for I example, have got to Abraham. Correct. You differ. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll go with that. That's fine. You, you, you don't think sin is ever ascribed to, to Abraham in the yeah. Bible? Uh, 
do, let me ask you a question. Uh-huh, ask do, me. Do you believe that God forgives sin? Sure. Then, if he sinned, and God provided a method for Abraham, for Daniel, to be forgiven of his sins, then once they're forgiven, similar to the idea of Jesus, uh, if you believe in Jesus, and you, et cetera, mm-hmm. and your sins are forgiven, then you're without sin at that moment, right? No, but you... I do understand that, and yeah. I, I don't have any problem with that. But you, how are you going to argue? But that's not what I'm saying. Any problem? You say, but that's not what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I'm saying that the Bible does uh-huh. record. You might find this interesting. The oh, okay. Luke translating a sin for easy flowing English understanding is actually the word. Don't worry about the Hebrew, but it's tamim. What that is? That's blemish. When, a lot of times, it says they were, for example, Noah, when it says he was righteous without sin, mm-hmm. doesn't say that, said he was without blemish. Mm-hmm. Ah, mm-hmm. that's why symbolically, as a internet function, they brought a lamb without a blemish. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, because they didn't have the internet back then, mm-hmm. so they had to put on a demonstration in the center where everybody could see a uh, performance, uh, and it was just a symbol. So, uh, so actually... He's without blemish. So like a lamb was without blemish. Mm-hmm. And so they translate it as sin because people are going to say without blemish. That means he didn't have acne or what? <laughs> no, you're way, way off the point that I was trying to make. It's just I'm just saying among the people in the Bible, uh, Daniel, uh, Abraham, Moses, these characters that we see, yeah, David and so on, uh-huh. that... Quite often, the Bible does not hide the mistakes, the errors, the sins, if you will, of of its heroes. Yes. That they well, they they record them, and we right. see. But I'm Abraham, just saying that Daniel and, and, is yes, one of the and few Abraham and who, to thought, whom sin is not ascribed. Uh, Go, uh, Abraham and Jewish thought was not uh, did not have sin. These things that are attributed about, and I've heard heard them all, Mm -hmm. and I understand, and I respect the point of view. But uh, the idea from the Jewish point of view is that when a person forces you under threat of death to do something, you're not responsible for that. And so that's not a sin. Okay, I you're going way further than well, and, and all I said was that Daniel was one of the uh, few. Yes. Maybe Abraham is another of the few. Maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe. But then others, you know, it does tell about their mistakes well, they maybe, made and so maybe on. Maybe there's some tie in here that since he was castrated, he was without sin. I don't know. Mm, I'm a little further uh, than I'm willing well, to go. You, you have somebody you. that wants to talk. To I you. do. Joe is on the line. Let's go and visit. maybe Joe has something yeah, more. I, I hope so. More constructive to add to our discussion. Hey, Joe, I'm glad to talk with you. What's going on? Well, I'm just listening to your conversation. Joe? Are you there? Okay. Yes, yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, we hear you just fine. Jacob doesn't make yeah. deaf. I think. Uh, but, uh, actually, my earphones are not picking up, Joe. All right, Joe is on the line yeah. with me, so. Well, I'm not sure exactly where. And it, are we there? Yeah, you're there, Joe. Go ahead. Okay. Well, uh, somewhere in the New Testament, I, I believe it was St. Paul that said that Abraham believed God. And because of his faith, it was described to him as his righteousness. Right, exactly. So I, I really believe that this is what you're probably driving at, because we all know that, it's only through the blood of Christ that our sins are forgiven. 
But then again, we also understand that, you know, faith without good works is dead. Right. And we also know that our good works are but like filthy rags to the Lord. Mm-hmm. We have to ask ourselves, well then, and I think these disciples asked him too, well then what are good works? And he says, well good works is to do the will of the Father. And ultimately, what is the will of the Father for us? You know, having been, bla- you know, bathed in the blood of the Lamb. Right. What is it? It's, it's to promote the gospel, to go out and spread the good news to everyone else. And this is the act of our faith, that we believe that what God says is true. That even though we've not put our hand in the side of, of the Lord, touched His wounds, you know, it is described, our righteousness is described by our faith. Mm-hmm. Because faith comes from believing. Believing comes from hearing the Word of God. Though we have not seen the Son, we believe in Him. And it's through faith. That's right. That this righteousness comes unto us. That's right. And uh, as we're grafted on, you know, being Gentiles, we're grafted on. Mm -hmm. So we're Jews at heart, too. So the same principles that are subscribed with the notion of faith, bringing us into conformity with the will of God, it is faith in Jesus Christ that gives us the righteousness. Right. I I agree 100%. And I may have been out of line with my... Thought that, I, but I've always heard that Daniel was one of the uh, men of the Bible. Not, not that he was without sin. I'm not saying he's not. He never sinned, and I, I think the idea of sin is universal in humanity. We all need a redeemer. We all need a savior. But I was just saying that he's one of the few that sin is never actually ascribed to him. He's never uh, shown to be disobedient or unfaithful or disbelieving. Uh, he's he's always. Uh, I, I, that's why I, I just so love and yeah. admire Daniel greatly because he through difficult, terrible situations he remained faithful, day and night, good times, bad times. He delivered the message of God. He lived for God. I just I'm just a great fan and admirer. And God used him to to present some truths about himself that. Uh, just astounding. I mean, the, the the predictions that that Daniel makes about these empires that are going to rise and fall. If you look at chapter nine, uh, Daniel actually lays out the timetable for the coming of Messiah. You know, if you take those numbers and their significance of 60, 62 weeks of this and that, you know, the, if you lay those out and understand them, it comes right down to the time of Jesus, the Messiah. Some people have, have measured. So it, it just, he's just such an amazing, remarkable individual. Um, I, I find him among bi- biblical characters. It's one of my favorites. I just admire him so much. Uh, what are your general views and thoughts as you look at the person of Daniel, the times in which he lived, the way God used him? Uh, any thoughts in particular? Uh, yeah, it, yes, I do. And it it, it, it goes to the persecu- persecution that Christians endure today uh-huh. and at different levels, of course. You know, here in the United States, I don't believe that the Christians are, you know, subjected to the persecution that, that, say, the Coptic Church is, you know what I mean, where they're just dying left and right because of their faith. Yes. You know, and we kind of take our faith for granted a lot, and we forget, you know, the God that we serve. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I would 
articulated is such that anybody who thinks that God is all candy coated popcorn peanuts in the prize does not know the God to whom we serve. Yeah. But Daniel knew very well whom we serve. Mm-hmm. And and conveying the message to Nebuchadnezzar, I get the impression that uh, Nebuchadnezzar uh, recanted his 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 sins, so to speak, because he acknowledged the God of Daniel as being the only true God. Exactly, just like. Uh... But, Darius did later on, and others, they, they were highly influenced by the faith and the life of uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They were highly influenced by their, by their witness, by their testimony of, of the true and living God. Sure, I'll leave you with a question. I, I've all, often wondered, you know, what, what became of Nebuchadnezzar. It seems that he uh, recanted his uh, belief in false gods. I mean, um, we're kind of left... Uh, Mm-hmm. It's kind of left hanging there. We're left to wonder, well, uh, did he really start believing in the God of Daniel? Whereas his son did not. It's pretty obvious, you know, from just, you know, using the temple vessels for his own aggrandizement. And it cost him dearly. Right. So once again, you know, God is no respecter of persons. He will save the one. And, you know, the son, there, I, he dropped dead <laughs> immediately. Exactly right, yeah. You know, so I think that the, the message here is that, you know, the Lord is going to send a message to everyone at a different time in their lives. And it's going to not take into consideration a mother, a father, a sister, a brother. Even Jesus said it himself. Anyone who loves other father, sister, brother more than me is not worthy of the kingdom of God. So it becomes an individual you know, uh, pursuit. It sure does. Somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, Daniel realized this. God called him, and I think that's what happens with all of us. There comes a point in our life where we acknowledge that God has called us. Right. And it doesn't happen until God Himself calls upon you, because no one comes to the Father except He comes through me, and no one knows the Father unless He calls you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, I give. Glory and honor and praise and worship on a daily basis to our Father in heaven through our Lord Jesus Christ, that indeed he has called us to prophesy to others, to prophesy not only about the rewards that we have in store for us, but also the potential condemnation for making a poor choice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We are called and those, the people of God. That's our unique calling is to uh, to represent God to people and represent people to God. That, uh, that some people call that the priesthood of the believer. The priesthood of God's people is that we are now in that role of, uh, you know, Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so now I'm now sending you. That we are mediators in a in a way as well. Jesus is the the one true mediator, the capital M, a mediator between God and man. But we have become, to some extent, as well in our role as God's people. To we're called to you know, pray for people and 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 to share uh, God's love and God's message to people as well. It is beautifully put, Joe. You well, sure. Not only not, not only that. Yeah. And I'll just leave one one other thing. You know, as members of the body of Christ, you know, it should come as no surprise to the true Christian, the, the true believer, that that he endures uh, persecution and suffering. This, it kind of goes with the program. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, I've often wondered about the difficulties and suffering and hurts and things that, that I personally have endured in, in trying to minister to us and explain to them why it is that that. Christians suffer. You know, well, as members of the body of Christ, 
you know, we are called not only to his resurrection, but to bear our cross, to suffer and to die with him. And what greater calling? I mean, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And we as members of the body of Christ are given this tremendous privilege as members of his body to suffer and to die with him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the earth. And in doing, people look at us and say, well, how is it that this individual can endure these things? It's gone through so many things. Well, why is it? Well, it's not me. I can confirm that. It's the Lord in my soul. Mm-hmm. And what it is, it's so they can see that the good that we do are good acts, are good works, so that others can see the good works that we do and give glory to God and give glory to, to our God. Father. Let me ask you this. Do you think that God is most glorified? Uh, people out, people who are outside the, the family of faith, or the, who haven't yet uh, been reconciled to God or come to faith in God, who are they most influenced by? Who are they most impressed by in terms of witness, in terms of credibility? Uh, the, the wealthy, prosperous, you know, it, uh, is that who they're impressed by? Or I think it's most often it's the humble and the broken and the, uh, those who retain their faith even in spite of difficulty and hardship and, and injustices and so on. I, in some ways, I think it is our suffering, in our suffering and our difficulties in our humanity like that, it seems to me that's where God is most glorified in and through our lives, not through our prosperity, that somehow because we know God, we're rich and we have all this money and we don't. I, I think the... Uh, the um, the preachers of prosperity and 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 so on. That I think they've got a they got a wrong read. To me, it seems like it's through our suffering and through our our obedience to God, in spite of difficulties and so on. That seems to be the po- more powerful witness, the more powerful influence. It seems to me. Well, you know, the, Jesus' exhortation is to enter to the narrow gate. Yeah, the few there are that find it. Yeah, that's, you know, a, that's and so, a awesome passage. It really is. J- J- it it truly is. It, it, it eliminates uh, a, a, a vast number of people who just give the Lord lip service. I know. Yeah, it's a and, you know, passage. Uh, what uh, is not occurring enough today is, you know, the uh, gospel of uh, fire and brimstone, if you would. Uh-huh. To warn people, to warn people of the pitfalls of, you know, their choices in life. Um, you know, I give thanks to Almighty God, you know, to our Lord Jesus Christ on a daily basis, you know, for having placed me on the proper path. And, you know, how can one be so certain? You know, and many times we, we suffer the indignation of, of being accused of being holier than thou or proselytizing <laughs> too much or thumping the Bible. Or what makes you so justified in thinking what you believe, you know? Well, it's it's not me because if I were to look at myself and my past in the in, 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 in the mirror, you know, I could certainly have enough to condemn myself. Yeah, we all would. Absolutely, and it's until we come to that spirit of reconciliation, not only with our spiritual longing for the Savior, but in our longing for the love of the compassion of one another. Mm-hmm. You know, in in this day and age. Uh, so many of our institutions, you know, our, our government, uh, 
institutions, our church institutions, our mm-hmm. social institutions, have elevated themselves to the level of demagoguery. In the day of, you know, uh, uh, secular humanism, where people don't feel that they need, you know, the Lord in their life, mm-hmm. and because they seemingly prosper without Him, what do, you, what, what, do you need, what do you need Jesus for if, if you're doing well, if you have your home, if you have your car, and mm-hmm. everything seems to be going well in your family, and you don't even have to acknowledge the presence of God in your life. Right. I believe that's because the Lord, at some point, allows, um, what is that word that he uses? You know, we, we become, um, well, I guess he's, the Spirit's not allowing me to say it right now. Prideful, but, uh, arrogant, and, and presumptuous, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, another word for it, but uh, he gives us, uh, he makes us reprobate. Mm-hmm. The reprobate heart, where one, not, uh, I, I, I suppose he just, uh, I don't want to say that God turns his back on us, but we turn our back on him to such a degree to where we can no longer uh, um, hear the truth. We can no longer hear the word of God, because, you know, take even the most hardened atheist, Someone who doesn't believe in God, let's say he's prosperous and has everything going for him, then all of a sudden the bottom falls out, and uh, he can't find a resolution to his difficulties, his economic, his Mm -hmm. mental, emotional difficulties. I would uh, postulate to say that he indeed, even the most hardened advocate, atheist, at some point in his life, is going to consider the possibility of the existence of God. So, you know, I can't solve my own problems. Oh, God, if you really exist, help me out here. You know, fix mm-hmm. up all these problems. And when it doesn't happen, they just turn away. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's justice, I think. I think that's God's justice talking there. Because, you know, each and every one of us have to come to some that point in our lives to where we realize, you know what, we need God in our lives here on earth. And life is so short. You know that. It is very short. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that's, that's God's goodness. Telling you, you know what, you need me now. You can't make it through this life without me. How do you expect to make it through an eternity without me? Mm. And that is God's promise to us. Great points. Great points, yeah. Joe. I appreciate yeah. you calling the tele. Uh, Jacob, hey, I love hearing you guys. Jacob has a question for you. Is that all right? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I noticed that Joe is talking about um, looking in the looking glass and sees it's. Uh, Got sin, if he looks at himself, brings a new meaning to the idea is the glass half full or half empty. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, hey, Joe? Yes, sir? I always like to know a little bit about a guy like you. Obviously, you read the Bible. Uh, are you a, uh, are you okay? Uh, are, you, are you okay? Is everything going well for you? or? Well, yeah, because, you know, uh, fully and completely in our Lord's hands. And my most fervent prayer, and then I will share this with you and anybody who's listening, is that His will be done in our lives. It has been a very powerful prayer. You know, we ask for things and we don't see them occur in the time that we would. Waiting on the Lord is a wonderful thing. But more importantly, you know, if our prayers are in conformity with the will of God, it will come to pass. You, Maybe uh, not in our you, you obviously, you go to church, I guess, Joe? 
Uh, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I, I love going to church. I love worshiping and praising and being with the Lord. So, to me, that's life. You know, um, it's out of time, so I'll have to say goodbye to you, Joe. <laughs> no, well, no, no, no. I was just quite all right. I know you no, make no. a point with you. No, children. no, I was just wondering. I always like to hear a little bit about somebody's background. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, as far as um, my testimony, it's a long one. <laughs> That won't burden with it, but I will call back in the future if you'll take my call. You've had some. Well, God bless you both. Really worthy of uh, worthy of thought and respect. Thank you for calling in. We're glad to hear from you. God bless you both. Keep up the good work. All right, we'll we'll seek to do that. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that if you wanted to no, share no, something no, with Joe, no. that you got. We're coming down to our last minutes. Maybe you'd like to kind of summarize a little bit of our our thoughts about this guy named Daniel. Well, and what, one thing I want to say that we really didn't get there was in the, there is something here that is considered. It's in chapter seven, uh-huh. verse thirteen, and then just talking about a vision he has as uh, in this translation I've got, as I watched a nocturnal vision was a figure like a human being coming in the clouds of heaven. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, all uh, all uh, Jewish scholars agree that's a vision of the Messiah. Okay. And coming in clouds. Coming in the clouds. Uh-huh. Yes. So, uh, so what I find that's interesting, so he is having some vision of uh, a Messiah coming in the clouds. And almost all all Jewish scholars agree that is referring to a Messiah. And I thought that's interesting. Yes, uh, out of the, out of chapter 7. I mean, he just goes on and on the things that this guy saw. Uh-huh. Jacob are just astounding. The, the 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 empires that rose and fell, the the coming of Messiah, the timing of the coming of the Messiah. Uh, all these visions of God and his greatness and his goodness. And in chapter 8, we see the angel Gabriel uh, comes to explain a vision to him. And uh, it's so amazing. Look at this. It says, uh, as, as Gabriel approached the place where I was standing, I became so terrified, Daniel says, that I fell with my face to the ground. Son of... Uh, Son of man, you must understand that the events you have seen in your vision relate to the end of the time, the, to the time of the end of all things. And and so I fainted, and Gabriel roused me. There was another place I was, it was so wonderful that Daniel is overwhelmed with his vision from God. He just, he can't take it. He just, he he falls to the to the ground in his on his face, and I'm looking for it now. And, and God says, uh, "You oh, look at chapter ten. Uh, how, look at what Daniel says. While he was speaking to me, I looked at the ground, unable to say a word. Then the one who looked like a man touched my lips, and I opened my mouth and began to speak. And I said to the one standing in front of me, I am filled with anguish because of the vision I have seen. My Lord, I am very weak. How can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. And then the one who looked like a man touched me. I felt my strength returning. He said, don't be afraid, Daniel, for you are very precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, be strong. What a message. I, I, would, I felt that touch from the Lord many times in my life and ministry as well. Just to be encouraged, be lifted up, be strong. Keep on keeping on. Uh, that's what God is telling us even in our times today. Jacob, I know you always have a message for our uh, listeners. Always be the kind of person you would like to have for a parent. 
See you next week, everyone. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.